Justin, I think it'd be helpful here uh, for, again, for those listening who maybe are not super familiar with the thing stuff. Well, I'm, I'm definitely not on the side of Bethel, but aren't we supposed to be praying for healing? Can you help create a distinction between praying for healing, believing that God can heal, and the Word of Faith movement, faith healers? Yeah. Yeah. Great question, Oscar. So let me, let me dovetail that into what EZ was asking about the, the heresies. And the healing and the heresies go hand in glove. So basically, the Word of Faith movement teaches that when a person becomes a Christian, he becomes a god. They're wow. little god's doctrine. And it's and the heresy's gotten so bad now that I, I tell people they've almost dropped the little from the little god's doctrine. Wow. They literally teach that we're gods, mm. that God reproduces himself in us, that we are just like Christ. We are, we are on an equal plane with God the Father and Jesus Christ. We are gods. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It, it truly is. Uh, people don't realize how heretical this movement is. I just have to ask, Franz, whoever wakes up one random morning and says, I think I want to be a mortician, <laughs> a mortician. Have you guys ever thought about that? It's different... a dead-end job. I actually went to witness to a lady the other day, a young lady, pretty young girl, and she said that's what she wanted to be. Stop. No, I'm not kidding. Seriously? Well, it was one Here... of those, uh, what's, uh, what's it, the coroner, isn't it, is the coroner cuts up the... Well, yeah, it, it's a great job for people who want to be the life of the party. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dead end. Off yeah, the cuff. I mean, that was kind of... Off the cuff dad joke. Good job, Oscar. Thank you. Yeah, but I was thinking about that, you know, the different professions you see in life, but that's one that intrigues me that someone would actually like go to school, get trained and become like a mortician. Can you imagine a, like a mortician convention? <laughs> <laughs> the most somber, miserable convention. No, there's a lot of ever. money. That'd be all happy. I'm That's sure. true. It's a huge amount of money. That's true. Yeah. I, I have wondered, you know, those that are in that line of work, if they, they feel kind of better to be close to death like it hmm. it it, it they get trying to get used to it prepares them for the eternal or takes mm. the sting out of it you think so right there's only one that takes the sting out of death he mm. said come forth lazarus Ooh. yeah read your bible yeah don't you know that <laughs> um ray refund the check yeah <laughs> can you imagine yeah i wonder yeah, the I undertaker wonder the undertaker back. says what's going on here yeah he says we want our we want our money back undertaker can you imagine lazarus though the second time he's getting ready to die <laughs> here we go again, no. again. <laughs> don't bring me back please two for one special <laughs> yeah but ray you have this thing where you talk about uh, the undertaker's nightmare oh that's lazarus Yes. Yeah, that was the whole Lazarus thing. Yeah. Undertaker's Nightmare. Undertaker's Nightmare. Uh, that was, uh, was uh, I think, a book I had, but it was forwarded by John the Baptist. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He was a forerunner to the Savior. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. His words were a foreword. Yeah. Could you do that? Be a mortician, Mark? No, my sister's a mortician. And uh, her, her ex So you can get discounts? Seriously? Do yeah. you get discounts? <laughs> get it in advance. Uh, her ex-husband said to her while they were fighting, you'd be a good mortician <laughs> and so she became a mortician stop yeah. that's really what, that's what did it that's terrible oh, yeah. you'd be a good millionaire okay yeah. fine <laughs> <laughs> all right friends not too much time for us to dilly dally today because we had a full interview with our brother justin peters at the g3 conference what? yeah i love justin man he, he seriously is one of the dearest brothers he had a lot of unkind things to say about you. <laughs> he's <laughs> a man without guile, isn't he? Yeah. He, he's, well, what you see is what you, he's such a genuine brother who uh, will spend the whole day with you. Yeah. He hates green rooms. He right. wants to be with the people. He yeah. wants to fellowship. He wants to equip and that. inspire. I love Why don't bring, bring people in the green room and all eat together? That's <laughs> so one like big that. green room. One big happy green room. All right, friends, before we introduce I'm Justin, sniff, sniff. here is a comment. This is from Suz599. What is it? Question mark. Truly a thought-provoking video. Understanding this issue in the way it is presented clarifies for me how important it is for us to talk to our friends, acquaintances, and peers. And of course, our friend Suds599 is talking about the new movie. What is it? What is, is it? it? What is what? <laughs> yeah. Who's and uh, it's the new uh, movie on life that Mark 
was in the vanguard of producing along with Tanny. In the uh, vanguard? Yeah, little bits. You never heard of that word, Ray? <laughs> yeah, it was the name of a car when I was a kid. In the vanguard. Or it's a vanguard. At the head of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, friends, check it out. It's on our YouTube channel, and uh, we have cards, too, that you my, can give away. Here's, here's my biggest pitch towards what is it. I got an early copy, not even completed movie, and I was sitting down. You know, a part of the process is for us to all review it, and I'm sitting down at the dining room table watching it, and my 13-year-old daughter at the time walks by and, like, slows down watches it and before you know it she's sitting next to me and she is riveted by the movie yeah so i bring that up to say if you've got teenagers like i I think this movie makes itself available and interesting to even that that age range i'd encourage you to watch it with them yeah absolutely and if anyone you know is even slightly considering abortion make sure to send it to them and people that are not considering abortion yeah and people that don't consider anything (laughs) (laughs) all right friends this podcast is brought to you by how to make sure god hears your prayers book by Ray Comfort with another fancy cover. And don't forget the Living Waters mug and the Amnesty Study Bible all at livingwaters.com. All right, friends. Our friend Justin Peters, as I said, talked to us about the dangers of the Word of Faith movement. That is his specialty. It is, isn't it? Yeah, boy, does he do an excellent job. And not to mention uh, a lot of, I'm sure, challenges dealing with that whole realm. He gets attacked quite a bit. Nonetheless, I think you're going to be blessed, encouraged, and informed. Here is our dear brother, Justin Peters. Speak it out, Justin. Just claim it. (laughs) Too soon. Well, friends, you hear the buzz all around us because, yes, we are still at G3. Yeah, a lot of busy bees all around, but what a great atmosphere. And uh, an atmosphere that is perfect for the guests that we have with us today, our dear, beloved brother, Justin. Justin, uh, I'm sure our audience is extremely familiar with you. Brother, we love you. You're more than just a friend. Uh, you're, you're really like family to us. Oh, man. I, I appreciate that so much. I, I think the same of y'all, too. I, I, love, I love you guys. I love your heart for the gospel, your passion for truth. I love Ray and just everything that y'all do. So anything mm. that I can do to be of help to you guys. Um, Yeah, I praise the Lord for you. I'm so grateful. Uh, We're blessed by our friendship. We're blessed by our partnership in the gospel. And we're really excited to have you on today. Uh, You've done a lot of different things with our ministries, but it's your first appearance on the podcast. And I know our people are going to be really blessed, encouraged, and most importantly, informed with truth. And so for those that know you, Justin, they know that you've had a history in uh, specializing in the word faith movement. Yeah. Uh, this goes back to your seminary days where uh, you you did a, an examination and critique of the life ministry and theology of healing evangelist Benny Hinn. Yes. And uh, <laughs> that, that was your dissertation, right? Is it that was. What you did on? Yeah, yeah, I wrote my, um, my master's thesis on Benny Hinn. And that was back in 2002, right when Benny Hinn was probably at the zenith of his yeah. popularity. Yeah. 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 And so we're so blessed by your ministry because the world has been inundated uh, with this heresy, unfortunately, the word faith heresy. And yeah. a lot of people don't even recognize its error. And so the fact that you're highlighting this is, is just phenomenal. And, and I know your ministry is dedicated to expository preaching, uh, creating resources that help believers to understand this, uh, to, to be able to identify the lies, and also to reach out to others that are in this realm. So Justin, what I'd like to do is to get started with you telling us a bit about your past personal encounters with the Word Faith Movement and what led you to launch a ministry that informs and warns people. And maybe in the, in the midst of that, you can start also by helping us define what Word Faith Movement is for those who may be hearing that terminology for the first time. Yeah, yeah. sure, sure, Oscar. So let's start there. Uh, the Word Faith Movement, that's the proper term given to a movement that's more commonly known as the health and wealth gospel, the name and claim it, the prosperity gospel. Right. Basically, the doctrine that says it is always God's will for a Christian to be wealthy. It's always God's will for a Christian to be physically healed. You should never be sick. Or if you do get sick, then physical healing is guaranteed as long as you have enough faith, as long as you sow enough seed. In Mm -hmm. other words, give enough money, sow seed, so you can reap a harvest. And uh, so that's, that's what that is. And also New Apostolic Reformation, that's a twin movement to the word faith movement, but even worse, has an even greater emphasis on miracles, uh, signs and wonders, modern day apostles, and they get into more of the dominion theology kind of thing. So, uh, but what we're seeing today is a word of faith, which you would have like Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, 
Jesse Duplantis, Joyce Meyer, those are some of the big, Joseph Prince, those are some of the big names in the Word of Faith, Andrew Womack. NAR, you would have Bill Johnson, Bethel Church. He's kind of the uh, most well-known leader of the NAR. But these things are melding together now. They're basically indistinguishable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they cross-pollinate. They're one and the same. So that's what I'm dealing with. But uh, how I got involved in it, so I was born and reared into a Southern Baptist church. Looking back, it was a kind of a nominal, nothing overtly heretical, but just kind of a, uh, you know, not a, a real strong doctrinally sound church. But at any rate, uh, a neighbor of mine came up to me, and he said, Justin, God has spoken to me, and he's told me that he's going to heal you as long as you have enough faith. And so uh, as a teenager, I was 16 years old, that resonated with me. I wanted to be healed. I wanted to walk. I wanted to play football, do all these things. And so he told me about a faith healer who was coming to my hometown named Nora Lamb, L-A-M. And so uh, I thought I had all the faith, and I thought I'd ginned it up, and I was ready to be healed. And so I went to see Nora Lamb at her big crusade and obviously was not healed. So that was my first exposure to to the movement. But I didn't even realize it was a movement. I didn't know that it had a name or anything. That didn't come until years later as a seminary student, and I began to study it more academically. And then I, as I studied it, I began to realize that this is, a, this is not just minor theological error here we're dealing with. This is a different gospel. Yeah. They have a different God, a different Jesus, a different gospel. So some fundamental heresies that they yeah. teach. And so I began to study it, and then long story short, I wrote my master's thesis on Benny Hinn, mm. and uh, I went to a number of Benny Hinn crusades as part of my research. And then, uh, and then a church in Alabama, a couple of years after that, back in 2004, asked me to come and teach on this movement, and that was the first time I did my seminar, which back then was called A Call for Discernment. Now it's called Clouds Without Water. That was almost 20 years ago, and the mm. Lord has just opened up doors for me to go now all around the world. Wow. Justin, I would love real quick to just hear the, the human side of it, because I think we can talk so often about a theological aspect, which we will get into, I know, but how about what does it do to a teenager who is told, if you have enough faith, you'll be healed, and then what does that do to their faith? Does that, ca- I mean, did it cause a faith crisis for you, and if not, how, did, how could that potentially become a stumbling block for so many. And Justin, before you answer that, just yes. for context for our people that, that don't know you or haven't seen you, if you can tell them a little bit about your condition so they understand what it was you were seeking to be healed from. Yes, yeah, so I, I should have maybe included that. No, I was, no worries. I was born with cerebral palsy. Yeah. And so, uh, but there's, I've kind of have got a, a built-in advantage in a sense that I was born with this. Yeah. And so this is my normal. Hmm. I've never known anything different. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't, I tell people I don't miss walking for the same reason I don't miss flying in the space shuttle. <laughs> I've never done it, so I don't really, you know, it's just my normal. So right. I think it's easier to be in a situation like I'm in as opposed to someone who was able-bodied and then lo- lose that in a car accident or right. so anyway. Uh, so I have cerebral palsy. You know, with me, okay, so for context, I wasn't even saved at the time. I thought I was, but I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So did it create a, a faith crisis? I can't technically say that because looking back, I understand that I wasn't even converted. Mm. But uh, what it does do to people is that if you begin with the premise that it is always God's will to be healed and you seek that and the healing does not come, then the question must be asked, whose fault is it? And by definition, it cannot be God's fault. So guess who's left? If you're sick, it's your fault. It's your lack of faith. It's your lack of giving. Or maybe you're not even saved. Mm-hmm. So it, it does shipwreck to people's faith. There's a, um, an incalculable cost, uh, and the damage is just untold that comes from this movement. You know, when I think of the paralytic that was lowered down through the roof, right? it was the faith of the friends. That's, That's what right. the text says. Yep. It wasn't the faith of the individual. That's right. So how would they deal with a text like that? Why can't somebody come to Benny Hinn and say, listen, I have no faith to be healed, but let it be according to your faith the way it was with the paralytic through the roof? Right, exactly. How do they deal with that? They they ignore it. They they ignore passages like that. They can't deal with those kind of passages, nor can they deal with other passages in which Jesus healed people and there was apparently no faith at all, like the, uh, the, the man who was 
uh, crippled at the pool of Bethesda. You know, there's a multitude yeah. sick laying there, right? And Jesus only healed one of them, by the way, out of the multitude. He only healed one, not everybody. Yeah. But he didn't know who Jesus was. The man born blind in John chapter 9, he didn't know who Jesus was. Yeah. So there were many times Jesus healed, and there was apparently no faith at all mm. on the part of the person being healed. Jesus is a sovereign healer. Mm. So, uh, But to your question specifically, Mark, that is an excellent point, and, and I would like to issue an open challenge to Todd White, to Benny Hinn, to Kenneth Copeland, to any of these faith healers, Andrew Womack, heal me. And I say that not because I'm dissatisfied with the condition which I am. I, I, this is God's providence for my life. But if you can heal people, I mean, if you have the gift of teaching, you teach, right? If you have the gift of mercy, you show mercy. If you have the gift of administration, you administrate. We use our gift. So if you have the gift of healing, heal me. Uh, No, I don't have faith in you, but I do have complete faith in God. God could heal me in an instant if he wanted to. I've got complete faith in that. No doubt. No doubt at all. No doubt at all. I have more confidence that God can heal me than I have confidence that the sun's going to come up tomorrow morning. Yeah. So uh, heal me and and, uh, put an end to my ministry. You know, it it, it would be a tremendous boon for you. Yeah. So that's great. You know, Justin, I'd love you to give us a little bit of a history lesson on the roots to the movement and then also highlight some of its top heresies, if you would. Hey, listener, have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? Well, now you can get one. That's because Living Waters is giving away 10 free boxes of goodies every single week. That's eight in the USA and two overseas. And this is being made possible by a faithful partner of ours that has given us funds to make these resources available to you for free. Each of these boxes has $100. That's right, $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast, fill out the form, and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. Livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Good luck. Yeah, so the origins of this movement are bad to say the least. So they, they appeal to, they sometimes refer to these men and women that they call God's generals. Hmm. Uh, some of the people that they revere, the early leaders of this movement, guys like John Alexander Dowie, Charles Fox Parham, Amy Simple McPherson, Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake. These are some of the revered generals of, hmm. the, of the early Word of Faith movement. Yeah. And, and I've done a lot of study on this, to a man, to a woman— they were theological heretics. They were prolific false prophets. They, most of them, if not all, but most of them were sexually immoral. Some of them were actual murderers. Wow. Yeah, I mean, really? dark, dark, dark stuff. Wow. Dark stuff. And these are the people that they call their leaders. That They, they trace the origins of their movement back to these individuals and, and just flat-out con artists and charlatans. Wow. Uh, Justin, I think it'd be helpful here, again, for those listening who maybe are not super familiar with the things of, well, I'm, I'm definitely not on the side of Bethel, but aren't we supposed to be praying for healing? Can you help create a distinction between praying for healing, believing that God can heal, and the Word of Faith movement, faith healers? Yeah. Yeah. Great question, Oscar. So let me, let me dovetail that into uh, what EZ was asking about the, the heresies. And the healing and the heresies go hand in glove. So basically, the Word of Faith movement teaches that uh, when a person becomes a Christian, he becomes a god, their little god's doctrine. And and the heresy's gotten so bad now that I I tell people they've almost dropped the little from the little god's doctrine. They literally teach that we're gods, Mm. that God reproduces himself in us, that we are just like Christ. We We are on an equal plane with God the Father and Jesus Christ, we are gods. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It, it truly is. Uh, people don't realize how heretical this movement is. But because we're gods, a god cannot be poor, and mm. a god certainly cannot be sick. Wow. Because we're gods. And so, therefore, we are entitled 
to health and wealth. And that's why they hold so tenaciously to this movement because we're deity, basically. The appeal to health and wealth is what makes this movement so appealing and yet so dangerous at the same time. Because when you tell people, come to Jesus because he'll make you rich and you'll never be sick again, well, you've got about 8 billion people on this planet who want those things. So that's why this movement is so popular and it's growing the way it is. They appeal to fallen human flesh. Mm. fallen human desires. That's what people want. They say, well, if you'll just, quote unquote, come to Jesus, then you can have it. Mm. What, what is the gateway to enter into something like this? Or when somebody starts off and they go, listen, I'm not going to be sitting underneath the teaching of Benny Hinn, but perhaps they are starting over here. What is there that maybe progresses or degresses down into full word faith? Yeah. Yeah. Another great question. So, uh, and I have to be careful the way I say this, but the gateway in my opinion, is the charismatic position, the continuous position, the belief that all of the sign gifts continue to be operative today. Now, Justin, do you, do uh, you say you want to be careful because there are obviously sincere believers within that realm who, who haven't gone in that direction? They're just saying, look, scripturally, yeah. we see that the gifts have continued and they're not, you know, they're not engaging in, a, in an insane way. Is that why you're saying that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, as a cessationist, I believe that some of the gifts continue, the gift of teaching, mercy, administration, yeah. those gifts. But I, I believe that the apostolic gifts, the sign gifts, have ceased. I don't believe there are no more apostles today, and, and all of us should be able to agree to that. There's no more capital A apostles today. Those yeah. guys are long gone have been in heaven for about 2,000 years. Yeah, and there, there are solid believers that you and I both respect and whose teachings we're blessed by that may be continuationists, but yeah. they're not within that realm that you're identifying. Right. They're yeah. not within that realm. Yeah, right. guys like uh, John Piper, right. Wayne Grudem, those would be continuous. Sam Storms. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, but it, once you open that door, it is a slippery slope right into uh, Benny Hinland. It's a slippery slope into the yeah. word of faith. Uh, I think some of the kind of the what is what a lot of people think is the more uh, kind of the kinder, softer version of Word of Faith would be like your hill songy stuff. Hill song mm. that leads you right into Word of Faith. Hill song is Word of Faith. It opens that door, and it's a very slippery slope. Now I've seen you address this before, but maybe just one more moment. What what about a solid church who says I'm going to pick and choose a couple songs from Bethel? Or pick and choose a couple songs from Hillsong, and I'm completely against Word of Faith. I'm completely against prosperity. What's wrong with a simple song? Yeah. So the, these, this music is enormously popular, but the danger, Mark, is that when the unsuspecting person is out there in the pew on a Sunday morning, and they're reading the lyrics of this particular song, and granted, I'll admit, some of their songs do have lyrics that would pass a basic doctrinal smell test. Yeah. They do. Some don't. A lot of them don't, but some do. But when they're looking up at the screen and they're reading the lyrics and they see in the fine print, music by Bethel, yeah. music by Hillsong. Oh, Bethel Hillsong. Well, you know, they must be okay. Let After me look all, them up. Singing, let me look mm. them up. And so that exposes people to these cults, and that's what they are. They're, I know it's a strong term, but I stand by it. These are cults. Mm. And one of the pastor's most sacred duties is to protect his flock mm. from the wolves. But by singing Bethel and Hillsong music, you're not protecting. You're inviting the wolves in. Yeah. You're opening the door and saying, And there's Come. A, another component, would you agree, that you're actually now giving money 100%. By, playing the, by playing their music? Yeah. 100%. You are. Uh, if, you're doing, if the church is doing what it should be doing, following the CCLI licensing agreement, when yeah. you sing any copyrighted music, you're supposed to be sending in money to the CCLI organization that in, in turn uh, distributes it to whoever wrote the music. Yeah. So you're actually funding... A cult. Mm. You're funding a cult that preaches a different Jesus, a different gospel, is leading millions of people down the primrose path straight to hell, and doing so all in the name of, quote-unquote, mm. Jesus. You're funding a cult, mm. and that's exactly right. Boy, this is such a great point. You know, I've often pointed out that, um, listen, I, I will never, I'll never use God's name in vain, but maybe I'll go to a movie theater and I'll pay somebody else to use my Lord's name in vain. That's right. And I'm going to sit there and then I'm going to tell other people what a great movie that was. Yeah. Wow. There's a danger. There is a huge danger. I've, I've heard it said, uh, 
I don't know who said this. Maybe it was MacArthur. I'm not sure. But I'll take you know, credit. You'll take. If okay, it's good, I'll, yeah, I'll give it to you. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, we should not entertain ourselves with the sins for which Christ died. Yeah. Why do we want to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Justin, uh, obviously, there are a lot of personalities within this heretical realm. Who would you say are some of the most dangerous, and why? Yes. Uh, so I've already named Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, Joyce Meyer, Andrew Womack, Jesse Duplantis, Joseph Prince. I would say, and Michael Todd is another one. He's been a, on a meteoric rise here in the last few years. Todd White, mm-hmm. the guy that lengthens people's legs, which yeah. is a total. Yeah, I want to ask you about that way. in a minute, but yeah, yeah okay. go ahead. Uh, I would say one of the most dangerous individuals is actually the one who's perceived to be the friendliest, mm. and that is Joel Osteen. Hmm. Uh, he, uh, I'm not sure that it's still the case, but up until recently, his church, Lakewood Church, was the largest church, quote unquote, in the United States of America. Yeah. He comes across as really nice, down home, folksy, all shucks kind of personality, and he smiles a lot. You know, mm-hmm. the light, fluffy kind of. But I think that this makes. Whereas a lot of people will pick up, hey, there's something wrong with Kenneth Copeland. No. A lot of people pick up on that, but they see nothing wrong with Joel Osteen, mm-hmm. and so. He has a, an even broader appeal to people. And yeah. I think that that makes him one of the most dangerous So what does he teachers. say? So undoubtedly, we, I mean, we have people that listen to us yeah. from all walks of life. And somebody sure. just says, you just talked about my pastor. Yeah. Right? What is, what is specifically wrong with Joel Osteen? Specifically, Joel Osteen says... Well, his smile. And, uh, <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not putting words in his mouth. I've heard him say this. I have it on video. He says, I do not preach about sin. I don't preach mm-hmm. on sin. Right. Well, how do you preach the gospel if you don't preach about sin? Right. And he says, uh, by his own admission, he doesn't know much doctrine or theology. I've heard him say that. Like <laughs> pastor saying that. Exactly. A pastor <laughs> saying that. You know, yeah. like, whoa, whoa. Then, then what are you get doing? a secular job. You don't need to be preaching it. So by his own admission, he doesn't preach on sin. Uh, and also, Joel Osteen, not once, not twice, not even three times, but has repeatedly denied the exclusivity of the gospel, that Jesus is the only way to be saved. Wow. Uh, I have him on multiple occasions saying that uh, Mormons are Christians, Mormons love Jesus, and he even says Hindus love Jesus. Wow. wow. They love Hindus love God. You know, no, Hindus have, what, like 300 million gods or right. whatever? Yeah. And this is why this is important, right? Because if anyone comes to you preaching another gospel, Galatians tells us, let him be anathema. That's right. Right? So we cannot be entertained. It doesn't matter what a great uh, speaker or orator he might be. That's right. He has deviated from the truth. The truth is what sets people free. Lies is what puts people in bondage. And what is happening is without people knowing it, they're being put in bondage. They're being put in bondage. That's right. That's right. Uh, I think here's something it's important to consider, too, is we have to look to the scriptures to understand the way in which healing was done in the New Testament and distinguish the way the Word of Faith movement does it now. The way the Word of Faith movement does it now is, like, the purpose of this is to give you a great life. Yeah. But we have to remember, especially, like, especially the way John uses Jesus' signs— his signs were, his healing and all of his miracles were direct representation that he was who he said he was, which was the Messiah. And you think, right. and so two examples of that, the very first healing in the book of John, or I'm sorry, not the very first healing, the very first miracle in the book of John is turning water yeah. into wine, which yep. was a callback to the Exodus story in which during the plagues, God turns the Nile River into blood. And so what John is doing is he's creating a parallel. He's saying, here is the God who was the plague maker to Pharaoh, who is now the one who's bringing about his kingdom here. And then if you think about the very last miracle that he does, what does he do? He brings a firstborn son named Lazarus back to life. What is the last miracle? What is the last plague? to kill the firstborn son yeah. in Egypt. And so again, what he's saying is that this God that was the God of life and death that saved you out of slavery is now the God that rules and reigns right now here and forevermore. And so the point is the purpose of the miracles in the New Testament 
were to show you that Jesus was Messiah, not so that you can just have a great life today. That's right. How important, I guess the question is, how do they miss the gospel and settle for lesser things? Yeah, because they really don't, they know what the gospel is, but they hate it. Mm, they uh, hate the true God. They, they hate, and I'm going to say that this is going to be a strong statement, but hear me out. They hate God. They claim to worship a God, but a God after their own making. Yeah. They do not worship the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible does not promise us our best life now, does not promise us a life of ease. In fact, what does the Bible? It promises us persecution. Yeah. That's what we're promised. All who live godly in Christ Jesus will yeah. be persecuted. Right. So it's not that they don't, they have the same Bible we do. You know, they have the same Bible we do. It's not ignorance. They know what's in the scriptures. Joel Osteen knows. He just chooses not to preach the full counsel of God. Yeah. So would you say that all of these guys, undoubtedly, if you were to ask them, do you love God? They would all say, yes, absolutely. Yeah. But it's a figment of their imagination, right? It's a God that doesn't exist. It's, it's, a God it's in the place exist. of imagery. Yeah. But let me ask you this specifically. They're deceiving people. Yep. Do they know that they are charlatans? Do they always, know legitimately? I always want to know yeah. that. Yeah. So that a question. great question, one of the more common ones I'm asked. The answer is, I believe, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, Paul says that evil men and imposters will grow from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Yeah. Deceiving and being deceived. Now, some of these individuals, what I would call the bottom feeders of the Word of Faith movement, guys like Peter Popoff and Robert Tilton and Don Stewart, those guys, I understand there's two different Don Stewart, the old yeah. heretical <laughs> Don Stewart. So uh, people so bad, TBN won't even put them on. Uh-huh. So they know full well that they're charlatans. But some of the others, and I think Benny Hinn is a classic example, he falls into that 2 Timothy 3.13 category. He is deceiving and being deceived. Yeah. Yeah. So both of those dynamics, so in other words, Benny Hinn, knows that when he claims people are healed on his cru- on his stage, they're, they're, they're not healed. He knows that. He has told many, many, many lies about major events in his own life and ministry. He says his father was a mayor of Jaffa, Israel. He never was. I mean, it's just factual, you know, historical truth. Yeah. So he knows, he's, he knows he's lying to people. He knows he's deceiving. And yet, there is a part of Benny Hinn that I believe, and Costi has affirmed this to me because we've talked about it. There's a part of Benny Hinn that I think... He has convinced himself that he's doing the right thing, that he's actually right. serving the Lord. Wow. You may have heard it said, if you tell a lie often enough, you begin to believe it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So he is deceiving and being deceived. Wow. So so it's not a, with a, most of these people, it's not an either or, it's a both and. Yeah. They have eyes and cannot see and ears, but cannot hear. Yeah. I'm so glad you highlighted that, Justin. And I can't put into words how overjoyed I am that we're doing this particular episode. You know, especially you mentioned... Uh, Joel Osteen. I think there are people maybe who are listening now. I don't know how they came across the podcast. I know those that have listened to us for long enough probably recognize Joel Osteen's a false teacher. But but I think others are like, what, really? And it's yeah. so important that this is highlighted. But it's also important for us to highlight the fact that people need to look at the standard of God's Word because there are a lot of people out there preaching that aren't known like these guys we've mentioned. And yeah. so believers have to look at Scripture and say, wait a minute, does this align with what God's Word says? That is the true litmus test for us to look at God's Word and say, this does not align with Scripture. That's right. That's right. Scripture is our plumb line. Yeah. And uh, no matter how, it, you know, Satan disguises himself how? As an angel of light. He doesn't yeah. show up red and scaly with a bifurcated tail carrying a hair, hay fork or yeah. a pitchfork. He's, he disguises himself. So Joel Osteen, you know, he comes across very nice, smiles a lot, seems very affable. But he's a wolf. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. In fact, 26 of the 27 books in the New Testament directly warn about false doctrine and or false teachers. Right. And most of them multiple, multiple times. Yeah. Only the book of Philemon doesn't do it directly. So warning about false doctrine, false teachers, this is a prominent theme in the New Testament. It's something we must do. Yeah. And Justin, you know, we're going to go a little over with you, actually, because this is just way too important. That's so fine. we may do another 10 minutes or so yeah, after, sure. after our time expires. But let me ask you this. What would, because I don't want to miss this. This is hugely important. What would be your approach if you were trying to reach someone inside the movement? Because we have friends listening that no question have family and friends that are yeah. in there. How do you reach them? Yeah. 
Wait, so, before you answer that, I, I want to actually divide that in, into two portions, if I would. So we have the people that are actually in the Benningham camp, yeah. and then you have somebody who is a continuationist who says, listen, I don't know what you're going to say, but I have experiences that back up. I've had a word of wisdom. I've had a word of knowledge. I've been able to look inside somebody's life, and I just think you're interpreting that wrong. So I want to actually have you address two of those types of camps, if you would, starting okay. with first, maybe that, as he had mentioned, the Benningham camp. Okay, so how do I reach someone? So I, I tell people, if you've got friends and family members in this movement, I wouldn't necessarily encourage you to launch in, well, you know this movement is rooted in the metaphysical cults, has an aberrant Christology and atonement, because they're not going to understand that. <laughs> right. That sounds like something I would do, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> but start with something very simple and concrete. For example, physical healing. Yeah. Ask your friend, family member, do you believe that it's always God's will to be healed? And they'll say, yes, of course, because that's what they believe. You say, okay, then... Help me to understand, what do you do with all of these examples of faithful servants of God all throughout Scripture who were sick and were never healed? What do you do with Moses? God said to Moses, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him dumb or deaf or seeing or blind? Is, is it not, not I, the Lord? Right. What do you do with that? What do you do with Elisha? Elisha had a double portion anointing of the great prophet Elijah, and yet in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14, I believe it is, says, Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness, whereof he died. Mm. What do you do with Job, the whole book of Job? What do you do with uh, David? It was good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. What do you do with Timothy? Take a little wine for your stomach and your frequent ailments. And even the Apostle Paul, in Galatians chapter 4, verse 13, Paul said, but you know that it was because of a bodily illness that I came and preached the gospel to you the first time. And that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition, you did not despise or loathe, but received me as a God, even as Christ Jesus himself. So here you have all of these faithful servants of God who were sick. Mm. The apostle Paul was sick. And this is the man who wrote roughly a third of the New Testament. So right. who are you going to believe? The, now the ball's in their court. Who are you going to believe? The prosperity preacher that you've been listening to that says it's always God's will to be healed? Or are you going to believe what you see in black and white in the Bible right, right in front of you? Yeah. And that is going to give you a pretty good litmus test, kind of like a spiritual barometer. Where are they? And I've had people respond to that in one of two ways. They'll say, well, uh, you know, I don't, I've had people literally point at the Bible I was showing them. They said, I don't care what that says. Oof. Yeah. Wow. That's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. And if they're not open to reasoning from the scriptures because that is our authority, then there's nowhere to go from there. There's yeah. no other. So you find this card pathway to, to be fruitful. The mm-hmm. majority of the people do they double down? Do they put their fingers in their ears? Where, where do we? You know, it's it's uh it's almost kind of half and half. I've, I've I've I have it go either way. I've had people just absolutely double down, dig their heels in. Well, I just know that my God wouldn't wouldn't want anybody sick, and I'm thinking, well, you're right, your God wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, right. But the God of the Bible would. So where do where do people go now? Everybody dies. Everybody yeah. dies. Everybody dies. So how do you deal with that topic with everybody's going to die? Well, yeah, because they, you have you have some of these these word faith preachers who end up getting sick, getting cancer, getting yeah. how do they describe yeah. that? Are they do saying they hide yeah, that? Well, do yeah. they say well, I don't have enough faith? This is what's going on or do they acknowledge or change their theology or what happens? They try to hide it. It's they like try you, to hide it. Your pastor sneezes, yeah. you're like, "Oh." Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they try to hide it, but you know, they get sick just like the rest of, of us course. do. In fact, Kenneth Copeland I've got him on video. Kenneth Copeland has a pacemaker. He wears hearing aids. Wow. So, you know, it, what they preach doesn't even work for them. Yeah. So if what they're preaching doesn't work for them, that ought to be a clue to them. As far as death, they say, well, we should all die like Moses died. You know, when Moses died, it said wow. uh, King James, his eyes were not dim, his forces were unabated. So apparently Moses died as a, as a healthy 120-year-old. And so he just died. Unbelievable. Uh, they say we should all die like that. But the problem is, is that none of them ever do. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Justin, I got to get an answer to this. Yes. What went through your mind when you saw the, the Kenneth Copeland video where that reporter <laughs> chased him into, I think he was in his hangar. I don't it's know. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because, and again, I, I'm trying to be careful, but the way he responded at one point almost seemed demonic. Yeah. Right. Do you yeah. remember Do you remember when, when she said something, he goes, and don't you ever say that. Exactly. And there was this like, whoa. Right. What yeah. do you think about that? Easy, I, I really believe, and I was saying this before that video came out, but that video just confirmed what I'm about to say. I truly believe without any hyperbole that Kenneth Copeland is demon-possessed. Mm. 
I really genuinely believe. I've been that. saying that too. I, it, it was so great. It was like yes. this is ab- this, and it was yes. like this flash, and then yeah. you like try to calm down. And, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And he said, "I love your eyes." You know, I mean, just <laughs> he's demon possessed. I don't believe all of them are. I mean, I think all of them were working for him, but I, but but Kenneth Copeland, I believe, and Kenneth Copeland and Todd Bentley, I believe both of those guys are truly, genuinely demon possessed. And what what makes you say that? Kenneth Copeland, both of them, but Kenneth Copeland has taught some of the most blood curdling heresies that have ever crossed the lips of anyone calling himself an evangelical. Right. Blood curdling. Flat out denying the deity of Christ. Just horrific heresies. He's a prolific false prophet. These things like you're talking about in the interview, honestly, there's just something about the guy's eyes. Yeah. Just watching oh, exactly. it. It's just otherworldly dark. Yeah. And I, I believe he's And Todd possessed. Bentley, like, talking about kicking people and... Yeah. In the head and all this right. insanity, like yeah. how do you, how do you ever square that with scripture? You know, yeah. it's I know. crazy. I know. Hey, look, I know you're good friends with Costi Hinn, and yeah. uh, we we know his story. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what happened to him, and how you think this may have impacted Benny. Yeah, so you know, I love Costi's story. Costi called me. This was back in 2015 or 16, and he called me and left me a voicemail. I was at the, uh, I was, anyway, I couldn't pick up the call when he called, but I, I read the, it came up in my Gmail and the transcript was there and I was just flipping, looking on my phone. I was reading and I read, it said, hi, my name is Costi Hen. I just want to call and thank you for your ministry. I've learned so much. And I'm reading this I'm like, and you didn't know no the name way. at the time. I I'd heard Hen. it. Yeah. No, I did know. Did. I did know who Costi was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, cause well, yeah, I knew who he was. And so I'm read, I read that. It's like, no way. This can't be. This is a typo. You know, the, the, the transcription didn't go right. So I called him. Sure enough, it's Costi. Wow. And that began a friendship. And easy, this, that is a perfect and beautiful and glorious example of the true work of the Holy Spirit. Mm, amen. You know, I get people tell me all the time, oh, Justin, he's a cessationist. He doesn't believe in the work of the Holy Spirit. Doesn't even, sometimes doesn't even believe in the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. To the contrary. Yeah, he has a book out that just came out dealing with the Yeah, Holy that's, right. that's exactly. right. Exactly. Is that this is what the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is not making angel feathers fall out of the sky and is mm. not turning glitter dust. Glitter dust, all that. Those no. are con those those are scam. Those they're they're tricks, parlor tricks. This is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit delivers people out of darkness into light. That's yeah. what he did for Costi Hen. Mm-hmm. And and he's given Costi a, a backbone of steel. And he has, he has stood up to his family. He has spoken the truth in love. In fact, I did a video on my YouTube channel just a few days ago when I was addressing Benny Hinn. And I told him, if he, gets, if he watches it, I said, Benny, your nephew, Costi, is the only member of your family that has shown you true love. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And that's what Costi's done. He's shown him true love by telling him the truth. And that's, yeah, that's exactly right. Because love is giving somebody what they need, not that's what right. they want. Exactly. I'm curious, what does repentance look like? If somebody comes along and says, you know what, I got it wrong there. If Benny were to come out and say, I was wrong, does he continually now teach, but now teach a different message? Yeah. Yeah. What does repentance look like? So Benny actually has done this on a few different occasions. Yeah, remember he got up and and did this for a few years. I'm not preaching anymore that people should give X amount or whatever. He's wearing $1,500 pair of shoes, by the way. Yeah, right. Yeah, X amount. He's he's done this several times, but Benny Hinn most recently, about three, three, four years ago, uh, he said that I, I was wrong for teaching people to give, uh, that they should give a $1,000 seed and yeah. God will bless them. Right. He said, if I ever hear that again, I think I'm going to throw up. And, and he said, I repent. You know, I was wrong. And that made a lot of news. Oh, Benny Hinn repented. Mm-hmm. Benny Hinn didn't repent of anything. The only thing he's changed is he's no longer giving a specific dollar amount. Yeah. He's no longer saying $1,000. But still, every single program he does, he tells people, Sow your seed, give me money, God will give you a harvest. In fact, that video that I referenced just a few days ago as of this recording, Benny Hinn is being driven around in his luxury car. I don't know exactly what it is, but you can tell it's a luxury car. And he says, he said, give, give to the Lord. In other words, give to me. Give to the Lord, give to me. Mm. Right. Give to the Lord. He said, even what little you have left, give it wow. to him. What little so you have left. Disgusting. He has not repented of anything. So what was it that what, happened? Oh, what uh, took place inside of him? Honestly, here's what I think happened. Uh, God has, has used Costi's testimony 
And Costi's testimony has done a lot of damage to Benny Hinn's ministry. Praise mm-hmm. God. Praise the Lord. Yeah, really. Absolutely. But here's what real repentance would look like, Mark. Yeah. Real repentance bears real fruit, tangible yeah. fruit. Therefore, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Real repentance bears real fruit. Zacchaeus kind of repentance. Luke yeah. 19 bears real fruit. Here's what real repentance. If Benny Hinn was truly repentant, and I'll fill in the blank here with Kenneth Copeland, Todd White, all of them. They would come out and they would say this. I've been lying to you. Hmm. I've been teaching heresy. I've been deceiving you. All of the people that I've claimed were healed in my ministry were not healed, and I know they weren't. I now realize that I am not biblically qualified to be in ministry, and so I'm shutting it down. I'm selling everything the ministry owns down to the last light bulb, the last notepad. I'm selling it all. I'm giving every dime of it to doctrinally sound ministries, doctrinally sound churches, and I'm going to find a good doctrinally sound church led by biblically qualified men. I'm not going to be behind the pulpit. I'm going to be in front of the pulpit, mm. pulpit sitting in the pew That's and good. learning. Mm. That's really good. That, my friends, would be repentance. Wow. And anything less than that makes a mockery of repentance. Wow. That's what repentance would yeah. look like. Amen. Yeah, Have you seen that? Has anybody actually done that? I've not seen it in any of the big names. Now, I have heard from a number of Word of Faith pastors that were that nobody knows about that have emailed me, called me, talked to me. Uh, in fact, I've talked to one here uh, that God truly granted repentance to, and they truly did repent. That's awesome. So, wow, that's great. Um, but um, yeah, you know, Justin, there are so many I think that don't realize that God is at work in this realm. We may not see it immediately or we may not yeah. see it with the big guys but God God is moving and he's doing different things absolutely and um, would you would you recount any time when you've actually been approached by anyone that's like known that has privately you don't have to say names but that has reached out to you and said hey I need some help or direction here I'm struggling I'm realizing my error give me course for thought yeah yeah uh, I've not had anybody that that is well known reach out to me yeah. Uh, other than smaller, you know, word of faith pastors with you know churches that nobody knows of, but uh, uh, but I have managed to confront some of these individuals. I've I've confronted Joel Osteen in person. Uh, I've confronted Jesse Duplantis in person. I've tried wow. to get in contact with some others, but those are the two that I've I've been able to make contact. How, how did with. those go? Those encounters? Uh, not real well. Really? No, not real well. <laughs> wow. uh, and uh, it's it's like when I began talking to them. As soon as they realized that I knew what I was talking about, then they didn't want to have anything to do with me. Right. They, they motioned me on. Joel Osteen went on to the next person. Jesse Duplantis just hit one of his uh, goons, I guess, kind of yeah. kind of moved me away. Todd Bentley as well. Yeah. That's actually on YouTube. Wow. My confrontation with Todd Bentley. So those are the three I've been able to. Yeah, and you know, I'm glad earlier you mentioned genuine repentance. You know, there's a, a popular video of Todd White talking about yeah. Ray Comfort. And, and about how, yeah. you know, he loves Ray and he was like talking about, he listened to this and it was so impactful. And so people were like, oh, maybe something's going yeah. on. But then he went on later to clarify, oh, no, no, you know, kind of like yeah. justifying what he does. That's and, right. And, and That's real right. quick, before we wrap up, the leg lengthening thing. Yes. Okay. Like what is, I mean, of all the things to try to do, why do they do that? Why is that used as like a ploy to try to get Chiropractic. People? Yeah, chiropractors. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's so evidently easy to, you know, stretch one leg or yep. but, that's exactly what he's doing, and he knows he's doing that. In fact, I have a video of him doing that to one guy, and he actually says, okay, he said, it doesn't matter what you believe. You can get in the weirdest state of unbelief. It doesn't matter. And the reason he could say that to that guy so confidently is because he knew that what he right. was about to do was a trick. He right. knows that. Mm. Yeah. So he's intentionally deceiving people, which goes back to the repentance. If he was truly repentant, he would come out, yep. and he would say, I've been deceiving you. Yeah. So Todd White hasn't repented of anything. Yeah. Um, well... My, my prayer is that our hearts as God's people will, will remain tender enough because part of us are so greeply, greeply grieved, <laughs> deeply greeply. grieved and, and angered as we should be because yes. this grieves God's heart. But at the same time, I pray we maintain enough tenderness to pray for these deceived good. deceivers, as that's you right. mentioned earlier, and, and others within that realm. Don't you think that's important, Justin, for people to remember? Easy. In fact, uh, and not, I'm not trying to promote one YouTube channel, but if people go back, I've got several videos, a direct personal plea to Kenneth Copeland, to Benny yeah. Hinn, 
to Sid Roth, Amen. to uh, Todd White. And I plead with them, and I give them the gospel, and I tell mm-hmm. them, I don't hate you. I don't hate Benny Hinn. Right. I don't hate Kenneth Copeland. I hate what they're doing, yeah. but I don't hate them, and I would love nothing more than to see them come to true saving faith in Christ. Amen. And if they do, it will be evidenced by real repentance. They'll be they'll shut their ministries yeah. down. That's good. Amen. Well, Justin, we could go on and on with you, and, and we need to do this again, actually. There's so much more to talk about, but yeah. this has been so good, so yeah. helpful, so informative. Amen. And we want you to plug your YouTube channel. We want people to know exactly where they can find out more about your ministry and, and the resources you provide. So go plug away, brother. Okay. Well, my website is simply justinpeters.org, and uh, my YouTube channel, Justin Peters Ministries, and and uh, all my stuff is available there. So oh. thank you, guys. Thank we you love guys. you, brother. Looking I love forward y'all. to a lifetime of partnership with you and friendship Amen. in the gospel. Amen. Yeah. I right, love bro. y'all, too. Thank Amen. you. All right. Mark, I've got to say, you were on fire in that interview. I mean, you were peppering poor Justin with tons was of I? questions. Sure. Yeah. Well, well was... listen, I just like being around him. Yeah. Uh, seriously, I just like listening to him. I, he's such a genuine brother. You know, a lot of people think that he only deals with uh, the Word of Faith movement and everything like that, but he is very deep theologically. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. He can really hold his own discussing any topic, and he has just genuine care to make sure that you understand what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, he gave us some good stuff, huh, Oscar? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I thought the most powerful thing was that sort of challenge, like, hey, but by your own faith, come and heal me. That's mm-hmm. strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is. And Ray, Justin's been a good friend for years for us. He's been to the ministry a number of times. Yeah, and he, he's, uh, he's got his priorities. He cares about the lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he'd come down when we were open air preaching and witness to people around the crowd. And Did he? Wonderful. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, and That's then great. from time to time, he'll, he'll post about his witnessing encounters. And wow. I love that. You know, a guy who's so deeply theologically trained and deals with some heady stuff yeah. that, that he understands it's all about the gospel. Amen. Yeah, we love Justin. All right, friends, there you have it. Don't forget, please, to give us those ratings because of you. We have millions of downloads, thousands of ratings, still at five stars. So grateful to the Lord for that. Remember, podcast at livingwaters. We just changed the website to livingwaters.com. That sounded like, sounded like water. Yeah. Podcast at livingwaters.com with your thoughts, questions, suggestions. Don't forget how to make sure God hears your prayers. Book, the Living Waters Mug, the Study Bibles. Bible, all livingwaters.com. Thank you for joining us, friends. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters Podcast. podcast. The ultimate cure for insomnia. <laughs> Mark Spence. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from, but friends, we do have winners. Winners for the podcast giveaway. That is the Living Waters podcast. We have Angela from Yucca Valley, California. Yvonne from Crestline. California, Brooke from Clayton, North Carolina, Andrea from Anderson, Indiana, Elias from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Becca from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania, Lowell from Yakima, Washington, Don from Charleston, Illinois, John from Ford, Australia, good on you, Mike, and Dave from Willen Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.